everybody, and welcome to one of our Spiritualism Lyceum evenings. These are the evenings where we talk about all things appertaining to spiritualism. We have an absolutely wonderful guest for you. I know I say this most weeks, uh, but I, you know what? Each of our guests just amaze me in so many different ways. We've got a lovely lady tonight, Ms. Karen Wood. Karen, good evening. Good evening. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. Um, Karen, I have had the pleasure of viewing online earlier on, on one of you do your own, uh, what is it? I, I do. Um, it's called Kitchen Table Philosophy. And it came about because people seem to think that philosophy has to be very highbrow and academic. And I just want to change that. So a lot of philosophy that I've learned over the years came around sitting around my, my own kitchen table as a child, as a young woman, listening to the wisdom of my grandmother, my mum and dad and other people. And I think we can learn so much from our elders and um, all the wise things that they did. And that's what I want, you know, up and coming mediums, students of mine to understand that philosophy is for everybody and it's about your life. So that's why I wanted to bring it, bring that to um, Facebook Live, really. Yes, and very successfully and so true. Yes. Um, part of the energies of this time that we are still going through and will continue to is a lot of recognition being given back to ancestry now whether yes. that being right back in the lineage or even recent ancestry because we had hadn't we we've become a bit dulled mm. to um life i would say <laughs> Well, I can remember, you know, listening to my the stories that my mum and dad used to talk about the war days and how they got through those tough times. We, and, you know, my father was um, fought in the war. He was in the Royal Navy and he was on um, destroyers and he was also in submarines. And my mother was working and she also drove ambulances at night. And she used to tell and I used to say, so what was it like living in those times and how did you cope? And she said, well, it was and she referred to it as like the best of times and the worst of times, because she said the camaraderie and everything at that time was fantastic. But, you know, it, you didn't know whether you were going to last a day, a week or, or an hour. You know, it, it, it was very it was very hard. And then we used to you know, we used to watch films together and talk about talk about films. And I've always been a bit of a telly buff. And when you see these programs on the telly where families you know, a scenario happens within a family and they, they go down a bit of a wrong path and they don't know what they're doing. And then they they sit around the table with a family member or a good close friend and they listen to those words of wisdom. And those words of wisdom can also change their life. And, and when you think about it, Laurie, when people walk into a church for the first time, they're either bereaved, they're either searching for answers or they're just curious, they're just nosy, and they don't really know why they found themselves in the church. And yes, they understand that there's mediumship, there's divine service, and it is a religion. Um, but a lot of people just want answers, or they, or they are on the cusp of something. And sometimes it's good to sit down and talk, and listen to what people are saying, and listen to what 
uh, where they are in their lives and also give the words of wisdom from your own experience. And it's not it's not telling a person what to do because we can't do that because we have everybody has personal responsibility to make up their own mind. But you can actually just be there for people and share the different experiences. And sometimes that can be, um, you know, a little bit of a, an unburdening time for people when they come into the church as well. Yeah, I could not agree more. And quite often um, people will come up after a service and say, do you know what? I came with something on my mind today and in the address. Yes. That was answered. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I love that. I absolutely adore that when that happens. But this communication, I mean, this is the actual ethos of spiritualism when you think about it in this respect. It is all about communication to yep. bring about healing, to bring about a relief from suffering, to bring about a release from um, un misunderstandings. But it is all based on that communication. Yes. Very you, you find that people want to communicate with the spirit world which is wonderful. You know, I love what I do as a medium. I love communicating and bringing forth that, that love from the spirit world. But you often find that people are not communicating with the people that they're actually the living, you know. And, and as you said, you know, spiritualism is about communicating. And um, it's, it's, about, it's about understanding yourself as well. And also, um, you learn to look at yourself and actually acknowledge that we have the divine spark of God within us. That spirit is connected to God. And um, it's a wonderful feeling when um, someone comes up to you at the end of the service. And I like, you know, it's lovely to say when somebody says, oh, thank you for my message or, you know, I really enjoyed that. But I actually love it when somebody comes up and says, thank you for the address. Thank you for those words, because yeah. it really touched me, you know. Um, yeah. Because the address and the reading and the music, I can't forget the music here because the music is so important in a service. You know, it can uplift the room and there could be people that come to a church. You don't know what's going on in their private lives. They could be. Uh, but that whatever, whatever, the you know, the music's played, it could be their favorite song that makes them think about their mum or dad that's just passed to the spirit world they might not get a message that night but they're in that em energy of love that comes from spirit as well when you're in a service and i think that's important too hugely hugely mm. um mm. during the third lockdown we were doing zoom divine services on a sunday morning and i was very grateful that i had a couple who were assisting me and I would create the music playlist on YouTube. Yeah. So they would share the music because I know your experience with Zoom. When you try to share things, sometimes it just gets a bit complicated. Yes. And you forget you're on camera. So all people can see is you going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> so I was hugely grateful this couple set forward. And after a few weeks, they went, do you know, all your music is going with the address and i went yeah i have noticed that and i said i'm not questioning it i'm just going along with it you know absolutely yeah. <laughs> absolutely um, it, it, it's wonderful when that synchronicity happens and everything sort of like ties in and that's when you know that spirit are sort of you know um have a little part to play there too which i think is wonderful 
indeed, indeed. And from the evidential side of it, uh, we, we we obviously everybody is very well aware of the evidential medium uh -huh. whose job it is to prove the continuation of life with evidence of people who are no longer on this plane of existence. Mm. But that mediumship goes through so many different levels. You know, yes. it's just the right person is there at the right time. The right mm. word is found to say. Uh, the right music. You know, somebody will come up afterwards and do you know what? It's my mum's anniversary today and that was her favourite hymn. Yeah. And that's the message. Yeah. You know, the fact that I've not stood up there and gone, right, so-and-so, you know, it's your mum's anniversary and in honour, I've been inspired to do that. You just let it flow. And when you let it flow like that, it's so much more touching. It's so Absolutely. Much more. Yeah. I think I think in you know to walk into a church and and have a wonderful welcome and to feel part of something, um, you know, part of a community, um, somewhere to go and just sit and not have to worry about what's going on at home or what's going on tomorrow when you go at work. When I when I used to go to my church, it used to be my hour and a half of just being me. I used to walk out my my house, go to church, and just sit. And just you know, listen to the music, listen to the, um, the the prayers and the address and the reading, and it was just my time. There was nobody uh, nobody bothering me. And of course, when I went first went to church in the early nineties, we didn't have all the technology now with the phones beeping every five minutes or having to remember to switch them off. I could just go into the church and just enjoy. Um, enjoy that time and I always used to like to get there early because they always used to play some really sort of nice um, tranquil music for everybody to get settled and then we would have the music for the for the hymn um, but it was you know I think it's important that the churches are, are there to, to help people especially um, with what's going on at the moment with everything that we've just been through and are still going through whether they be online or whether they be um, in person, because Indeed. I think the online services have been absolutely amazing. You know. Yes, yes. Uh, we've had some. One of the things I'd love to do is experiment, and this time has been, with all due respect to the severity and the seriousness of it. In other aspects, I've been going, oh, wow, what can we do? What can we do? And this branching out online has just been a huge experiment, which is yes. working so, so well. Uh, I've gone from having mediums locally on a platform like this to one Zoom service. We had a speaker from Ireland, a speaker from Scotland, a speaker from Denmark, a speaker from the UK, a speaker from... Menorca and a speaker from Australia who wow. combined to make the service and I'm just like oh yeah. wow oh my goodness and it works so beautifully Absolutely. it's it's amazing because and they all bring their unique way of doing things and and their uh, and and how they work is probably very different which is absolutely amazing but all those nationalities working together for the love of spirit, you know, isn't doesn't that show us something in in, in the world? You know, everybody's standing there from all those different countries, united in their love of spiritualism. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's 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 quite, that's that's a bit of a wow factor for me. I have to say, I think yeah. that's that's really great. And and I've met some amazing people online. Um, you know, I've I've worked in different places, places that I would never have worked in. You know, Australia, America, um, Scotland, Wales, uh, all these places whereby I wouldn't have been able to travel from the southeast where I live. Um, so it, it's that in itself has been brilliant. Uh, I've met some some great people. Um, my circles and everything are now online and I teach online, which I never thought I would actually do. But again, I love it. Um, so it's sort of broadens your whole horizon, which is which is quite amazing, really. You yes, know? truly. You, you said something there and very much on my uh, energy of late about when you went to the church about being you. Yes. And yes, that is something that's been very much in my mind because we there's hundreds of versions of us out yeah. there in the world. We're mum, dad, sister, brother, father, husband, you know, whatever. So each of these people see us in that role or that role or that role. Mm -hmm. And it's only, I find, it's only when I come into a spiritual church or a centre or speak with spiritual people that I can be me. Yes. I'm not, I'm yeah. not something to somebody else. You know, I'm, I'm me talking to another person who is also being me. And that yeah. is so invigorating. Oh, it is. And it and, and I think it's it's brought me out, if that makes sense. It's I've become the person that I was meant to be because we all try sometimes to be something for another person. You know, we try to be the best daughter or son to our parents. We don't want to let our parents down. And we come from that generation where, you know, doing things the right way and, and it is very important. And my parents were great. They really were. And, and my mum um had a, you know she saw me um she used to come to church with me and she saw me start my journey my mediumistic journey and she was really encouraging and my dad too but my dad passed before i actually start started to work on the platform but when you when you actually sit in the church and people want to talk to you it doesn't matter you know who you're married to where you live um they're just interested in you and my mum always used to say this thing. She'd say, now, what hat shall I put on today? Shall I put on my work hat, my cleaning hat? Yeah. And I think we tend to put on different <clears throat> hats for the situations that we're, that, that we're in. When I used, I used to work in London for a big corporate organisation, and I never used to share that I used to go to a spiritualist church. It, wasn't, it wouldn't have really been looked, you know, they wouldn't have understood it, some of them. Um, it was all very cut, you know, very business cut and thrust. And there was a couple of people I shared I shared it with, you know, some colleagues. So but when I used to come home from a tough day working um, over the years, I got involved with healing and then I got involved on the committee. So I started to be quite a big part of the church. And it was it was a way I used to sort of just relax and unwind. And I used to take my corporate hat off and put mm. my committee hat on and be uh, um, and be Karen um, and just and just be me. And I never minded what I did. I used to either, you know, make the tea, sweep the floor, sort the music out, do the raffle tickets if there was a raffle on. You know, I didn't mind. I just wanted to be part of of that church. And it was it was so different 
to the other life that that I lived uh, and gradually over the years everything has sort of like been moved out the way and this is my life now and it's it's very uh, it, it's it is my life and I and I'm stand up I stand up and I'm very proud to say that I'm a spiritualist and I love my religion and I love what I do and it's amazing how it all how you evolve uh, you know after you walk through through those doors you know yeah. how you change <clears throat> so so true because uh, i think one of the things that a lot of people have taken from the lockdowns is actually discovering about themselves yes because we've we've lived this life of rushing here there doing you know, i'm this i'm that i'm there i'm whoever and actually we were enforced into this time of no you're not you're you yeah. you're you mm. and you're laid bare at the moment to all the emotions under the sun mm. how are you going to deal with it uh, it's look yeah very very hard tough times i do not denigrate that whatsoever but what a time of growth as well with a lot of people you know that they have actually gone yeah, actually, I am a person. And actually, no, I, I don't agree with this, or I do agree with this. Um, yeah, it's been very interesting. Mm, mm. Got a question here from Libby, Libby Bellhouse. Do you feel that more time could be given to healing, reading, address, content of services? Think. Carry on, sorry. Oh, well lovely question Libby and I have to say I would love all churches to just dedicate one service a month just to that and in fact I do know there is one church in London called the London Spiritual Mission which is in Pembridge Place which is a beautiful church it's an independent spiritualist church run by some lovely people and in fact Gordon Smith is the president and the vice president um, is, is an absolutely lovely lady. And um, they do once a month, they call it their devotional service and they have music, they have a reading and they have time for reflection and healing. And then the medium gives the address and, and all through lockdown. I mean, they're open now, but all through lockdown, they ran their services that way. They just had the music, the reading and the address. They didn't have any mediumship on their online services. And I have to say, it was so beautiful. Um, and I was invited on more than one occasion to speak um, at, the, at those services. And I really used to enjoy serving that church and also going along when I wasn't working myself and just sitting in the congregation and enjoying the philosophy and the healing because there was a lot of healing that happened and i think that you know i wish they would i wish there was more churches that would take the plunge and do it but you see um i think the uh, um minister jackie wright i was listening to her talk a few months back and she said mediumship is the hook that brings people into the church and she's right um, but once you're in the church then you and you've had your message and you've had your proof of survival um then people want something more they're looking for something more it's like it's like that spirit needs feeding it needs it needs to know it needs to inquire and i think then that's when maybe um something else could um be looked be looked at there maybe a, 
um, a discussion group or something like that to keep, you know, to keep things fresh, to talk about current things with a spiritual twist. Um, I think there's lots of things that the churches could could do, um, you know, but instead of just there's nothing wrong with the format and I'm not having a go at churches when I say that I've been part of running a church and it's not easy but I think with what's happened I think we have got to look at maybe um, giving thought and, and, and some time to the address and the philosophy and the healing because it is an important part of spiritualism and it's an important part of the spirit, you know, the spiritualist movement, and I, I think that sometimes it gets put to the back burner a little bit, and the, the mediumship takes front stage. But I think it's got to come um, to the fore, really. That's what I think. So I, I don't know what you think, Laurie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Before we went on air, we were talking about the synchronicity of things, uh, and I just sat there giggling because I am not blow my own trumpet here or dropping in an advert for Paul Church during the lockdowns obviously part of the um, safeguards that we could introduce was to reduce the service time and obviously mm -hmm. without singing that, that was a natural attrition of the time taken by a service so we just did uh, reading and address healing and evidential mediumship but I was not placing any time limits on anybody. And we've had mediums given an address lasting 35 minutes. But 35 minutes out of an hour service is a long time. Yes. Do you, do you know what? Nobody complained. People mm. loved it. And from that has sprang that at Paul, we are doing at the moment uh, one service a month, which will shortly go to two on a Wednesday, replacing the traditional service with healing only, where we've been inviting in healers of different uh, ways and practices to talk about what they do, do a guided meditation, and then we have healing available in the church. Mm. One of our services on a Sunday now is converted to a lyceum service. So instead of the reading and address, there will be a segment there about the history of spiritualism. Brilliant. And the mediums are loving that, going, oh, yeah, yeah, because there's something new. One service a month is no mediumship at all, and that's called family gathering. And that is not a church service, but we bring in those elements, but in a much more family-orientated fashion. Um, I love it because I get to wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have to put a shirt on that day. That's wonderful. But yeah, during my um, my tr my training, I, I I met two lovely guys called Brian Robertson and Simon James, and they run a church in Canada called the Open Door, and they're also part of the Inner Quest Foundation. They and I've done some of my training with them, and they set up. Um, their service is mainly about philosophy and healing. So they do 20-20-20. So basically they start and they have, they have the healers at the front of the church and everybody goes up and has their healing. Then there's philosophy. And then last but not by no means least, there's a couple of messages at the end. But they focus more during their Sunday service on the philosophy and the healing. 
and they um and during sometimes during when it's um hydesville day and, and some other times they actually live stream their service online and it was wonderful because this is before lock this is before lockdown or anything like that and i'd come back from a service and because of the time difference i then put it on put put and i was looking through facebook and i just i saw it and i clicked on it and i thought how wonderful i can watch you know this lovely service going on in canada while i'm sitting at my home in east sussex and um you know it's it it was absolutely amazing and i sent them a message and i said oh it was so nice i came back from my own serving a church to come and be part of your service and it was it was really really lovely so it is happening i think it just takes a little bit of time to um to change things um but i think it's definitely needed i really do yeah really do and so it's I'm... lovely that you're doing that in paul it really is it Thank really you. is Simon and Brian have been uh, really wonderful supporters of these evenings as well. And mm. it was um, it was just so encouraging that I was having these thoughts going around in my head. And, I'd, you know, and we all do it. You know yourself running a church, you're thinking, I can't do that. I'll never get away with that. <laughs> you know, there'll be rioting. Um, mm. <laughs> talking to the both of them, and they were, they were saying these things and i'm going this is this is yeah. wonderful this is wonderful they are they are great guys you know i think they're fabulous and i've known them for many years and uh i've been out to canada and worked with them and also i've met them at the college as well at the arthur finley oh, college wonderful. um so i've got a lot of time for them too they're great you know yeah yeah ditto ditto mm. Mm. from france Ooh, <laughs> We've got a lot on tonight, uh, yes, young lady. How nice. How lovely. You are, I see Joy Sager's in from Florida. How wonderful. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne is saying here, I had to go to church at least six weeks before I got a message, and that was 40 years ago, and I'm still here. My mate got a message first visit and never returned. Well, I suppose it depends on the message. Well, that do you know what, Cherry Ann? That happened to me. Um, I went to church because my I went with my friend and um, her mum, uh, who's also my friend, and they they sort of dragged me along because they said, "Oh, come on, you'll enjoy it." So off we trotted, and um, my my friend Eve, she'd started going to the church and she'd started um, being a trainee healer, and she said, "Oh, you'll really enjoy it." And I went weeks. I went. I think it was probably a good. Never mind six weeks. I think it was six months before I got my first message. Um, and so much so that my friend said to me, she said, have you got, do you, is there a, do you know, is your, any of your family dead? Have you got anybody in the spirit world? Because everybody, I sat in a row of the church and everybody got a message apart from me. And, but when I got that message, I didn't expect it. By this time, I was getting a little bit more involved in the church and I was sitting at the back sorting out the raffle tickets and it was a demonstration of mediumship night. And the message was so accurate, my head shot up and I was like, oh, my God. And I got all the goosebump feelings and everything. It was lovely. And I'll, I can remember that message nearly word for word today. And it was so meaningful, not just for me, but also for my mum, because my mum was at home and she was going to come with me, but she didn't really feel up to it. So she stayed. But I had to go because I was I was 
I was helping. So I went along. And when I came back with my bit of paper with the message written down and I told her what was basically what was said and then she read it, my mum cried. Um, she was so overwhelmed with it. And um, she kept that message for a long time. She kept it in her handbag and it meant the world to her because it was my granddad who I didn't know. But the evidence was so spot on with what the medium gave. Um, you know, it will be always be one of those messages that just means the world. Um, so it doesn't matter. Some people go and get messages straight away. Some people don't. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, there is... Uh... There's little rhyme or reason, but there's a comment here from the lovely Jennifer saying it took 12 years for my mum to come through, but only two weeks for my mum-in-law. I, I find that quite interesting because one of the common uh, questions asked is people who come to the church um, attend fairly regularly mm -hmm. and they want to hear from somebody specific and they don't come through what's what's your thoughts on the possibilities around that energy it's an interesting one um myself i wanted my nan to come through because me and my nan were so close and she had an understanding of spiritualism so i thought that she would be she would jump at the chance as soon as i walked into a church and she didn't uh it was my granddad that came through who i never knew um i don't know why i, I do think um that there's many people i always think that the people that you that need to come through to help you in that situation um come through um i don't I, and this is just my take on it yeah. and um I, I gave a reading to a lady many years ago and i gave her this reading and she said at the end of it she said oh my god she said i never expected that person to come through she said that was the I hadn't thought of I've not thought of him in years. It was next. It was an ex boyfriend of hers. She said, but do you know what? It's given me closure because I always wondered what had happened and and, you know, what had happened to him and how he passed because nobody ever told me. So it was a little bit of a, a little bit of closure for her. Um, so we and also you've got to think of the spirit world as well. You know what's going on with them in the spirit world. It may be if you've got somebody that, um, you know, maybe they've, they've got things to do in the spirit world. Maybe they're allowing other people to come through. Um, I don't know really why, um, why certain people do. But I just think that linking with the spirit world and receiving a message from them, isn't that the wow factor itself? Yeah. Just realizing that we can link with an incarnate spirit and they can still talk to us. Are we not maybe getting a little bit too? Well, I didn't want to hear from them. I wanted to hear from Auntie Mary, not Uncle George. Yeah. You know, isn't isn't it just wonderful that somebody is connecting with us that is supposed to be dead? You know, that's that's what we've got to focus on. I think we're getting a little bit too too picky. The spirit world come because they want to, and I think we just have to be grateful for that. You know, that love is still there. That's what we have to be grateful for. Very true. I think one of the uh, common stumbling blocks is people's only own expectations yes. of what's going to happen, uh, whereas mm. nothing is guaranteed. I do. I have thoughts on Jennifer's comment there. I found in some cases that actually 
our grieving process and spirits acclimatization process and it's not a set time you know no. we can't say to people on earth right you you've got for the next four weeks you're allowed to mourn and then after that you've got to give it up and return to normal mm. it takes a long time to work through all the different aspects of mourning as does it with spirit you know spirit to me uh, are not going to suddenly appear in spirit and be hands-on with everything and know how to communicate and know what to do they're going to take their own process you imagine waking up in spirit world no matter how much you've dealt with spiritualism in your life it's still going to be quite a oh okay i am here right mm. um what do i do mm. I think sometimes that when we have a long gap waiting for a message for somebody is because there's parts within us that we still haven't quite worked through. That we still That's maybe true. not release. Yes. We still not made yeah. our peace with it. You know, yeah. so I, I, this is a true story and no disrespect. I had a lady saying, I've been waiting for my mum to come through for eight years. And I said, well, you know, it could be this. I said, you know, there's no definitive answer. But I want her to come through and tell tell me that she's sorry for all that she did. And I'm thinking, well, I think we might just find out my mum's not coming through then. Because... <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. oh, sorry, sorry. Somebody wants me. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. It, do you know what? I was. Uh, it was interesting. I was watching the news a few. I don't watch the news very often, but there was a little because we, you, as we all know, Prince Philip passed a spirit, and and obviously the, the the Queen and him were married for seventy odd years, and that's such a long time to be with somebody. And they, and there was a picture of the Queen, and she she was doing she was doing a Zoom meeting or something. She was online, or they they said all. Oh, um, today the Queen is back at work after having her official two weeks of mourning and I'm thinking yeah. you, you know I had to smile because I was thinking bless her heart you know the official two weeks of mourning she's going to be mourning for more than two weeks but because she always puts duty first she's getting on with the things that she has to do but that grieving process will probably be with her for the rest of her life because everybody's unique in their grief and it takes people a long time to get over things and to you know to learn to live without that person in your life but it just did make me smile when you said you know um it, it a grieving process takes different takes time um it, when they said it on the news the official grieving of the two of two weeks yeah. and now she's back at work you know <laughs> bless her heart i just yeah. thought you've got no idea <laughs> Yeah, it's very true, isn't it? Uh, people can take a pop at all different people, be it monarchy, politicians, or whatever. Yeah. But we're not actually walking in their shoes, so maybe we should uh, just remember that before this engages. Mm. Says Lawrence saying that to himself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on rapidly. <laughs> Lovely Sue Townsend. I had an acceptance of life after death as my normal. It took my friend Ellen to tell me how much comfort a message brought. And that real realisation humbled me so much to this day. Yes, yes, I get what you're saying there. I think, Sue, you're saying there that you were quite at home and quite settled in uh, the continuation of life. 
And then your friends obviously had this epiphany message that has just sort of like lit up the skies for her and just brought that healing through so much. Uh, it's good for us to touch base on that because we do it with all walks of life, don't we? we? We don't take things for granted. We just don't acknowledge things so much as maybe we ought to. Mm. Uh, you touched on it there, you know, that proof of life after death. How amazing is that? You know, people go out of the service and think, oh, yeah, I didn't think much tonight. Hang on. In that service, at one point, there was that hard cinching evidence of the continuation of life. I'm sorry, what do you want? Well, you know, <laughs> really, what do you I know. want? <laughs> I, I, I have this, when I chair a meeting sometimes, which I quite often, which I quite have done on more than one occasion, I always, and, and sometimes I say this when I'm working on, as a medium, I say, ladies and gentlemen, never mind the X factor on the telly tonight. We are now having the wow factor because the spirit world are here um, and I think we do forget that sometimes and some people deal with grief and death in a completely different way to another and everybody is different and everybody is unique in that process and what what if someone appears okay with it um, and just carries on normally um, some people will be heartbroken about um, and we'll go you know we'll go th go through it in a, in a different way but everybody has to deal with that in their own way you know uh, and i think that a lot of people are won't need questions answering some people need a lot of comfort um and i think when you when you know when i have people come to see me um for readings some of them are in the early stages of grief some people are have been you know have lost their partner a long time ago um and i think it it depends on where where you are in your in in that part of your journey if you like i don't like using that word too much but on on, on the different in a different stage and and yes we do have an acceptance of life after death but we still have that pain we still miss that person that physicality of that person someone said to me once well you're a spiritualist so if someone dies you, you don't get upset and i went well of course we still get upset we still miss that person yeah but you know that then they've gone to the spirit world and they're still living i said yes but i'm not going to see them every day in the same way that i did when they were here i said and i still miss picking up the phone or going to visit them and um so it, it was interesting how people perceive the way we are as spiritualists i think as well so so true so mm. true a personal experience of my own at my father's funeral i know it was probably done with the best intentions however to say to the son who is mourning his father at his father's funeral i don't know what you're upset about you know he's in a better place <laughs> well we we nearly had two funerals that day <laughs> I <can imagine. laughs> I can imagine i was yeah. just like what yeah uh but it's just, you know, it does bring in to um spiritualism you know people talk about spiritualism as in it's all involving the dead yes but actually spiritualism is about life oh definitely yeah and, and it's that's about a message now. that gets missed yeah you know, it's about it's about how we live 
um, how we progress, what we think, how we, um, an another passion of mine, Laurie, is um, what, how, what examples we set for our children as well, Yeah, you know? Um, and a lot of people talk about the Lyceum movement of teaching the youngsters that spiritualism used to have in some churches years ago. And um, the question came up in one of my kitchen table philosophies. And I said, well, if we teach our children to show compassion, be kind, show respect, um, these are all the things that, you know, are part of sort of everyday life. And um, my son has, has watched me become a medium and be involved in spiritualism. Um, and he says that spiritualism to him is like looking through the shop window. And I've always allowed him to make up his own mind whether he wants to be involved or or he doesn't. And um, I, he believes in the afterlife, but he walk he walks his own path, and 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 that's fine. He's he's a grown up now anyway. Um, but he understand he always understood from a young age about personal responsibility and and doing the and you know doing the right thing and being courteous and kind. And I think um, that is also some of the foundations that spiritualism has um you know personal responsibility um uniting within the brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of god uh, and understanding about god as well you know god sometimes people say i don't want to know about god or i don't want to talk about god well to me god is everywhere god yeah. is in every living thing that we see that we touch you know um yesterday i, I had a lovely day at the beach um, and I just sat on the beach um, and it was just so nice to just see the sea, um, watch different people as they go about their business and just connect to all the wonderful things that, that we have. And so, you know, God is in the trees, in the wind, in the, in, in, even in the rain. And, and, and we need the rain as well because we have to keep our plants watered and everything like that. Um, so God is all around um and in everything that we do um and also with everything that we sort of put together with regards to our services i believe as well and talks and discussions yeah mm. hugely absolutely hugely uh excuse me there's just sadly somebody trying to cash in on tonight they will not be doing it anymore um very true because um i i run a church and very much part of the debate where people say oh i don't like church because it's smacks of orthodoxy or if you talk about god it's sort of like oh no i can't go along with that theory um and it is very much uh, an always present part and energy whether it's a church or a center and if we just take the word god you know yes. if you say god to somebody a lot of people with their preconceptions and going back into their own ancient history of somebody mm. uh, sat on a throne telling you what to do and i can't accept that here i do always say to people it's a god of your own understanding yes you know and i will say to people listen if you think the universe is run by a giant tree frog that's absolutely great because the most important thing is that you believe in something mm. Mm. you know yeah it's, it's interesting that you said about the god of your understanding because um i i, I came across that by my friend adariah from canada 
And when she does, when she get brings everybody into prayer, she does a beautiful, she's got a beautiful, lovely Canadian accent and she, she brings everybody into prayer. And she says, let us join together with the God of your understanding. And I think that's a lovely way of bringing people together because there will be people that come, come sometimes come to online services or to spiritualist churches and they may come with a different background, with a different way of looking at God, you know. And as I said to you before we started, all paths lead to God. It doesn't matter where you where you come from, whether you come from a Christian background, Catholic, Buddhist, Muslim, a Hindu, whatever. There is just that power, that infinite power, that strength, that love that comes from God, the God of your understanding. Exactly. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, <clears throat> and it, excuse me. <coughs> I've had healing today. It's not done me any good, has it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure that. it will. I'm, I'm sure, sure it will. Yeah, I might have dislodged yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'm at that age, everything's dislodging itself. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's Getting oh, back yeah. to spiritualism and getting off my humour wagon, I do apologise. No, it's fine. It's good. It's good to. Um, it, it, it's good to laugh. It's good to um, express yourself um, through laughter, um, and I think it's important um, that people do that. And uh, you know, the spirit world. It's not all. Um, it's lovely to be reverent and lovely to, yep. to have, especially in a divine service. You know, have that reverence that we're in church and that we are coming together but i also think it's good to have that humor that upliftment um yeah. because sometimes people need that especially if they're going through tough times you know sometimes it's um it, it's good to laugh i used to work um i've done a few jobs in my time and one job i did i worked in a shop i was um behind the counter and um i wasn't very good at stacking the shelves but my manager used to put me on the till and I used to have to put um, stock all the cigarettes and all the drink. Um, not that I smoke or drink that much, but that was part of my job. And we used to have some people that used to come in and um, sometimes I would be the only person that they saw. And they'd stop and they'd want a little conversation as I'm packing their shopping and taking their money. And like one week they'd say, oh, I've got the grandchildren coming because there was like umpteen bars of chocolate and crisps. So you knew <laughs> that the grandchildren were coming. And then the next week they'd come in, I said, and, and then it would just be a normal shop. And I said, um, did you have a good time with the grandchildren? You know, did they eat you out of house and home like you thought they would? Oh, yes, she said, we had a great time. So that would be, and then they'd come in and, I'd, and then it would be all the chocolate and the sweets. All the grandchildren are coming. And you build up this little connection and this banter. Um, and in a way, um, I wasn't working with my mediumistic head on or doing anything like that. But I was giving people time. I was listening and also sending them he a healing thought if I felt that they needed it. So I didn't have that hat on. But you sometimes can't help yourself because you just know there's a need there they need a little bit of they need more attention from you they need a smile they need something uh something else and i think that once you start that sort of the holistic work that the me that, that mediumship brings it's not just about working on the platform it's not about 
coming on to Zoom rooms or anything like that. It's your whole life. It's 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 who you are. And you don't have to be a medium to do that. You can I think when you walk into a spiritualist church, follow the spiritualist path. I think it changes you and you start to um, use that intuition that we all have um, and to blend, to try and understand what's going on um with with people and you know not to not to make it all about you but to see if somebody else needs a smile or a little bit of help i think that's important as well Beautiful. and i think that's what i think that's what um you know churches do they they can give that support they can be there for people not just the sunday service but also for uh for other things as well we used to we used to run quite a lot of social activities. We did um, quiz nights, beetle drives, um, social uh, get-togethers like you know dancing and things like that. This is years ago when I first started, um, you know, being part of the church, and they used to be such great fun, you know. Um, and I, and I think it's 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 all part it's all about the connection that we have with each other um shared by the love of of, of of spiritualism of that faith as well definitely i ascribe very strongly to uh bringing them back in the conversation simon and brian uh they have this philosophy about everyday mediumship that's it and yeah. it's mediumship that doesn't need uh acknowledgement it's mediumship mm. that doesn't you know, you're not going to walk up to somebody and go, oh, I'm sensing your so-and-so, so-and-so. Is that right? Yes. It doesn't require that. Your mediumship is that you're getting that inspiration of, like you say, oh, a bit of a healing thought there. That is mediumship. Mm. You know, and I think we do need to start uh, recognising the, the different levels of mediumship. Uh, at the moment, say mediumship, oh, right, yeah, I've got your mother here. And that's it. It's just that one level. But it's not. It's on so many finer levels. Picking up the four Abner from so-and-so for a while, I pick her up and see if she's all right. Oh, you know, and unfolds yeah. the conversation that they needed to hear from you. Yeah, That's mediumship. That is mediumship. It is. And also, you know, when you're going back to Simon and Brian, um, they do a lot of community stuff. You know, I, I follow what they do on, on, on Facebook and they do community walks. There's a group of them that go out for the walks and yeah, they put these beautiful pictures up. The flowers that they do in the church are just amazing. They've got this community garden and I think they're growing their own um, veg yeah. and all things like that. So people that are retired that still want to be active, that still want to do something and have something to give to society can. And the opportunity is there is within the church. I mean, if you think about going back years ago, any church, you know, there was always people that made cakes for the bring and buy. There was always people that would knit for um, raffles and make things. There was always craft things, jumble sales, all these things. And we've sort of forgotten about all those sorts of things, I think. Um, because everybody is everybody is le leading very busy lives and, you know, hasn't got the time. Um, but in Canada, it seems to be, from from my understanding, a little bit of a slower pace of life. And um, they actually put the time. Uh, and if any of you, you know, are, are out there and go on, go and find the Open Door Sanctuary, because it is it is quite an experience to see what they do. 
um and it is a it is a they are lovely lovely people you know they really are uh, all the people that are connected to the church they're quite amazing really um so it is about what you give to society and how you live your life and 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 what you what you want to do and 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 how you look at things it makes you look at things in a completely different way um yeah. and it changes you it changes you and lovely fiona has just taken the words out of my mouth exactly what i was thinking it, it is this community aspect yeah. within our churches and centers that we really need to foster more uh bringing people together and making <clears throat> something here at paul we've got a very small committee so when we need things done we involve everybody in the church yeah. and if you're able to do it please do we don't uh get i'm not saying this is every church and center but it is out there um if you're not on the committee you can't even go and wipe up a teacup you know uh, yeah that's very committee. true yeah yeah paul it's like you know if you've got two legs and two arms get in here i'll find you something to do yeah <laughs> get that <laughs> yeah. over at love <laughs> but again it, that's bringing because people actually want to do something they want to be a part of it mm. they may not want to be stuck on a committee and be tied down to meeting every month and doing whatever but they're quite happy i mean here uh, i can't praise them enough our volunteers who during this lockdown were coming in when everybody's been told to stay at home unless you absolutely have to go out they still came out to stand on the door to greet people coming in to take contact details to ensure their church were mm. how wonderful and and they you know and i'm saying thank you to them so much and they're saying no thank you because it gave us purpose it gave us something to focus on to do to be a part mm. of and that, that community element is so strong that when you bring that in, it's a power, a real power. Yeah. I think you said the word purpose and to focus on. And I think that's what the lockdown, for me personally, and also people that I've spoken to, friends and family, people have found a different purpose. There's people actually thinking now about, um, I don't want to... Um, working from home, they're working from home, so they don't have to go to London so much or to or to or to the office. Uh, people are thinking about slowing down and maybe looking at a simpler life. Um, and I think that it does make you realise what's important. You know, what's important to me? Uh, a few, I think, the, between the first lockdown and the second lockdown, we were allowed to see each other out on the outside. And I met up with some friends in the park and I was so excited. I was actually going to see people mm. instead of on a screen. I was going to see people. And we sat in the park with our respective plastic cups of, you know, paper cups of tea that we bought and flasks and what have you. And we sat on the grass and we laughed and we laughed. And it was just so nice to do that. And it's all the little things that we take that we've been taken for granted you know, oh, I'll, I'll just get on a plane. Oh, I'll just do this. I'll do that. Um, it's just those little things. Even a hug, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, how much have we missed physical contact? You know, I love hugging my friends and my family. I think it's so important. It's, and now I'm just sending people lots of virtual hugs, which are, which are nice, but not quite the same to me. Um, yeah. And I think it's about, you know, thinking about what's important. And community is definitely important and so needed. 
you know there's a lot of lonely people out there that need to feel you know need to feel part of something it's very yeah. important i agree a hundred percent lovely question here from jenny hendon hello i wonder what your thoughts are about the trend amongst many to take parts of different belief systems and follow those but yet do not believe there is a god interesting yes it is an interesting question um well i think what happens jenny and this is just my take on it i think what happens is people you know there's so much out there people read people dabble people dabble and then they then they take all these bits that they agree agree with and then they they, they make it into what they feel is right and if that's okay with them that's fine you know i've got it's up to them for me personally i'm a spiritualist and i believe in god and that and if anybody says ask me you know what my religion is and you know what i do and do you believe in god yes i do but we have to realize that not every pe not every person does for whatever reason uh, and that's up to them because we have free will and personal choice yeah. um it's not what i believe in but i respect other people's opinions and other people's beliefs and i think that's all that we can do really Indeed. What do you think, Murray? No, I agree 100%. If you don't want to believe in a God, that's absolutely fine. Mm. Probably the most important thing is that he believes in you, but never mind. Well, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. That's um, true. Yeah, if, if you don't... I, I love debate. I have an extreme aversion to diatribe, and normally you can work out which way a conversation is going within about two sentences. Yeah. If somebody yeah. wants to debate the existence of a God, absolutely fine. I will sit there and talk quite happily. Somebody wants to come in because says there is no God. Okay. And? When, you, when you think when you think about it, when people say there is no God, well, it's. Um, it, I always remember the. I love movies, and I always remember the movie. Um, oh gosh, what's it called? But where? Oh, I can't think of it. Um, th the, the one where um, Richard Attenborough's Father Christmas, and they take Father Christmas to court. I can't. A miracle oh, yeah. on 34th Street, I think it's That's called. That's the one. Yeah. And the the lawyer that is representing Richard Attenborough comes up and pulls out the dollar bill or, or whatever. And in that on that dollar bill at the bottom, it says, "In God We Trust." And that's on the American money, the men, the, yeah. the American dollar. Okay, and um. And that's what he uses to uh, get Father Christmas, you know, uh, Richard Attenborough off um, and he win and they win the case. And he says, yes, in God we trust. But where? But can we see God? Where is God? You know, well, to me, God is everywhere and God is yeah. in everything that we that, that we do. Um, but and we have to trust and we have to put our faith in that trust, but not. But some people's faith wobbles a little bit sometimes they they have it knocked because of certain things that happen in their lives um and that and that's hard and that's half and hard and sometimes people find it hard to get back into that you know into believing in something again um but as you said god doesn't won't forget you and sometimes god will bring people into your life to help you 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 sometimes remember where you know where do these people come from and I, I'm going to touch on what Simon Simon James said in a talk I listened to a few, um, at the beginning of lockdown. What people say, where is God? 
and he said the NHS, the, um, the carers, the people that are serving us in the supermarkets and keeping, you know, keeping food, um, keeping the supplies coming, you know, they are, they have God within, within them. They are trying to keep us going through this lockdown. That is where God is. And God, you know, God is in people's hearts when they try to do, to give a good turn and to try and help people. Um, and I think that we have to remember that. But sometimes we, for whatever reason, we move away from God, but God doesn't move away from us. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. There we go, Jenny. Thank you for that. Karen, absolutely wonderful. I knew tonight would just happen. <laughs> and sure enough, it has. Beautiful, beautiful evening. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining in. Some wonderful comments. I will just pick up quickly on the thread here because it's quite in. This is tagging on with uh, what I was talking about, the community aspect. And we've got a lovely lady out in Philadelphia who has been taking part in our online events such as this, watching our divine services uh, streamed live online. And she's just prompted Jennifer. Oh, that's nice. And then Joan has agreed with that. And it just goes to show that community energy, even yeah. in this online environment. Yeah. Um, because I always have somebody from the church as a moderator online to keep an eye open for anybody posting anything dodgy mm -hmm. uh, and to welcome people in. Mm. And I had underestimated <clears throat> how much that has grown, that people yes. join together and they know each other. You know, you see comments coming up now saying, oh, what happened with your daughter? And I'm going, how do they know about that? Oh, I'll get on with it. <laughs> it, <laughs> it absolutely wonderful. It's, it's fascinating how all these wonderful friendships have happened and, and how people are connecting. And, um, you know, it, it's it's great. And, and long may it continue. Long may it continue. That's what I say. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Mm. Well, we've had a wonderful evening on tonight. As I said, we've got Florida on. I see we've got Stockholm on, America right. on. And we could never have done this. No. We could never have done this. We've got France on. Oh, there's too many. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the place. Bless them. Thank you, Karen. Beautiful. My pleasure. Beautiful my pleasure. Evening. I've loved it. I love evenings like this. They're right up my street. Wonderful. Great. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Next Saturday, we have another Lyceum evening. At the moment, uh, we have Mr. Bill Rich, who will be talking on developing mediumship. Bill is a little bit under the weather at the moment, so oh. I may have to swap about. It depends on him. Fingers crossed he'll be up to it. But if not, there'll be something else. <laughs> well, my, my lovely friend Liz has been on. So hello, yes. Liz. My yeah, lovely friend Liz. Liz. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m., our service, which is of the Divine Service format, will be streamed live on the Facebook page. And we have Suzette Carlisle-Thorley taking that service. So have a wonderful evening, everybody. I believe there's some football match on tonight that a lot of people are probably wondering about. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've had on the telly, isn't it, football? Uh. <laughs>
Yes. So the lovely Sam Nurse at least popped in to say she won't be here because she's watching the football. So thank you, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, have a beautiful evening, a beautiful night's rest. And when you wake up tomorrow, it's a whole new life starting all over again. Go out and embrace it. Thank you. Good night, everybody.